You're listening to coverage of President Donald Trump's announcement that is upcoming regarding the Iran deal. Miriam El Wallach is here. My name is Nahum Siegel, and we are in our New York City studios actually awaiting the president's announcement. The speculation is that uh, he will, in fact, um, exit the Iran deal, cancel the U.S. participation in it. Uh, what do you have on social media, Miriam El Wallach? Marco Rubio, the U.S. senator from Florida, um, with I should say, over 3 million followers. He has been an ardent supporter of getting out of the Iran deal. Um, He was just on Fox and Friends this morning in which he said that President Trump should nix the Iran nuclear deal. His most recent tweet um, is actually um, very telling. He says the wind-down periods of 90 and 180 days on the Iran deal is not, quote-unquote, buying time. Some of the business deals with Iran are complicated and will take... For, will take time for Treasury to reimpose sanctions. Today's announcement will have an immediate chilling effect on lucrative deals with the Iranian regime. And before that, actually, just moments before that, he had tweeted out, ignored in much of the analysis on the Iran deals the fact that it freed up, freed them up to grow more dangerous in the Middle East. Since deal, they increased control over Syria, grew influence in Iraq, sponsored civil war in Yemen, exploited the Gulf Divide, and expanded Hezbollah's reach. Plus, of course, Prime Minister Netanyahu can can cite a few other things that they did. Right. Um, I have a ton of other things that they did. What about the uh, definitive statements that uh, some of the news organizations are going with? Do we have confirmation that 13 minutes from now, uh, which is approximately when he'll start speaking, that in fact he will pull out of the Iran deal. Well, it seems that there are two unnamed sources within the White House um, that the AP, the Associated Press, has that says that he will announce momentarily, expected at 2 o'clock Eastern time. And this is being reported, tweeted, and sent out by organizations like? Fox News, CNN, um, but yes, by the AP itself, that Trump, that he is expected, President Trump is expected to announce a withdrawal from the from the Iran deal, um, leaving in his dusts or in our dust, so to speak, uh, a number of European allies who only came on board once uh, the U.S. came on board. Oh, you know, once the U.S. backed it as well. But um, yeah, it, these two unnamed sources seem to have been speaking on the condition of anonymity. Wouldn't give further details but did confirm that um he was that the announcement at two o'clock is about pulling out of the deal all right with a may 12th reauthorization deadline looming he has to reauthorize by the 12th of may president trump will announce whether the united states will opt out of the 2015 nuclear agreement with iran or not this is expected at two o'clock we're monitoring a couple of different sites that we're assuming are going to carry and we're told actually are going to carry and therefore uh, you'll hear the audio at the Nahum Siegel Network. If you're at a place where you can't watch or can't see what's happening, we'll be able to bring you this uh, as it happens. Um, yeah, the AP had it about an hour ago, um, and everyone else has carried it since then. You said to me off the air just a few minutes ago that there are people who are complaining, citing, pointing out, uh, why would the uh, North Koreans trust the United States or go into a deal with the United States if they see the U.S. pull out of, out of this 2015 agreement and I, and I cannot help but laugh when I hear statements like that comparing the Korean situation to the Iranian situation. I, I think all would agree, uh, or the majority of people would agree, that the Korean um, deal, if there is one, 
is going to be made out of strength by the United States. I mean, we, we in the form of the President of the United States, has been extremely tough and has basically um, acted in a way to show the Koreans that he means business and will not accept any deal that will be to the detriment of the U.S. or the allies of the United States. Just the opposite of what happened with the Iran deal, which was made out of a from a point of weakness, uh, which ended up giving uh, so much money, so much cash to the Iranians, and of course all to the detriment of the safety and security of the United States and its allies around the world. Right. So. I, I mean, I completely agree with you. And there are obvious, there's obviously that is reminiscent of a very strong voice right now on social media talking about how not only are they not in the same category, but this demonstration of pulling, this demonstration by President Trump of pulling out of the Iran deal is also a definition of strength. Right. The moving of the embassy to Jerusalem is a definition of strength. Um, you know, putting it to the Koreans is a definition of strength. So how this can now be viewed by, you know, obviously there are there are always extreme and interesting voices on social media. Some people who are completely unhinged who know how to type. Um, but nevertheless, there there is that voice that is reminiscent of this is just another example of President Trump flying off the handle and doing things or operating in a manner which is not befitting a presidency. But I think you and I would disagree with that and say just completely to the opposite. Well, he's uh, he's acting the way a strong president should. And uh, again, you know, the the leader of North Korea is at the table, if you want to call him already at the table. Uh, for one reason, uh, that's because uh, you know the United States has struck fear in him, and he feels he's got to make a deal or or see that he's ready to and or or indicate that he's ready to play ball in order to uh, uh, fend off the U.S. and the, potentially what the United States and its allies could do to North Korea. So, of course, as well, I mean, there's a lot of talk of President Obama on social media now, as yeah, you know, as one would expect, and how this there is the of course the has he tweeted anything? Yet? Oh, he probably wouldn't anyway. Um, no, it's not his. Uh, yeah, I don't think he would. It's do that. not his style, so to speak. Um, but there is obviously a lot of speculation on social media at the moment, at least on my feed, that of course Israel is behind this, and this will only benefit and the Israelis and will only drag the U.S. and Israel into war. And so the the members of the very vocal left are are speaking out against this. Um, of course, the members of the left are also speaking out against President Trump and saying that this is a deliberate move to undo the Obama legacy. Which he promised he would. He promised he would do this. He, pro- a, he right. ran on this. He, this is one of the things he ran on. And frankly, he ran on most of the stuff he ran on he's been able to accomplish. Obamacare, of course, is the exception. But most of the right. stuff he ran on he's been able to accomplish so far. Somebody actually just tweeted out, new rule, you're only allowed to comment on President Trump's decision to withdraw from the Iran deal if you can locate, locate Iran on a map. <laughs> Which, of course, is both funny and um, <laughs> you know, telling as well. Uh, yeah, there is a lot going on. The one thing I do say about the internet and about social media in general is that it is the Wild West. Anyone can say anything that they want. Um, and for for people like us, so to speak, who benefit from the pluses of the internet, um, being that we are a web-based radio network, we see that as a strength. Right now, however, all the, the, the loons have taken over the asylum, so to speak, and social media is is just maddening um, with Iran nuclear deal trending, Iran deal trending. Um, there's a lot going on here. 
Miriam Alwalek, I thank you. Miriam is, of course, paying careful attention. You should see how her hands are <laughs> attached to her social media mechanism that we call an iPhone. As uh, as we uh, await, it's just going to be. It, it likely will be minutes from now. We keep hearing about a two p.m. speech. So minutes from now, President Trump is going to speak to the nation and the world, and he'll talk about the uh, the treaty, the treaty with uh, the deal with Iran. It's interesting. Two pieces of timing information. He does have till the twelfth, which is next Saturday. Uh, you might suspect that an announcement like this to sh- to to demonstrate how difficult a decision it is. You'd figure he might want to ma- wait till the last minute or close to the last minute. He's not doing that. He's doing just the opposite, which I think shows that he wants the world to see that he has a that he's definitive about this and he hasn't been hemming and hawing. That's number one. Secondly, I find it interesting, and I said this to our Israeli guests this morning on JM and the AM, I find it interesting, it could be a complete coincidence, but I find it interesting that he is starting his speech in the center of what's considered prime time in Israel, 9 p.m. in Israel. It will obviously lead the newscasts, and the 9 p.m. newscasts, I would argue, are like the 6.30 p.m. newscasts here in terms of its... um, in terms of how people, you know, make sure to watch it, et cetera. Not that anyone makes sure to watch a six day newscast anymore, but I'm saying in terms in terms of the newscast that's viewed as the most prominent one, I would say the nine PM one in Israel uh is fits into that category. And you know, like I, I sort of am wondering, you think he's on the phone with Prime Minister Netanyahu and saying, you know, what would be the best time in Israel to do what would he get the most attention? What would he get what would have the most drama, the most effect, the most press? And again, it may be a coincidence, but I think nine PM would be a uh uh, would certainly be one of the answers to that question. That's exactly what he's planning on speaking at 2 p.m. Eastern time, speaking, 9 p.m. in Israel. Speaking of Israel, Michael Dixon, who's the executive director of Stand With Us, tweeted out about 15 minutes ago, no country in the Middle East and in the Gulf that Iran sees as a foe believes that the Iran deal brings them security. Yeah, If just, the countries closest right. to Iran don't want it and believe tough sanctions will better stop Iran's genocidal ambitions, shouldn't we listen to them? Ask the Saudis. They'll tell you if they think that the deal is a good deal or not. And that's true. Israel's neighbors, uh, not only Israel, but Israel's neighbors, either quietly or maybe sometimes more vocally, certainly not as vocal as Israel, uh, express um, uh, express uh, skepticism in regard to the Iran deal. Now the question is, what will the president do? The rumor is, news sources are reporting, that he'll pull out of the Iran deal. And by the way, what does that mean, pull out? Does it mean just an increase in sanctions? Doesn't mean a complete severing and you know ripping up the paper, so to speak, as if the U.S. never signed the deal. Uh, what does it mean? Is the question? Amichai Stein, who is the tech and foreign affairs correspondent um, for for Khan, commented just he tweeted just now that Israel Prime Minister Netanyahu will give a statement after Trump's speech regarding mm. the Iran deal. How do we pick that up now? Uh, I don't know. We got. <laughs> I mean, we're just we got to figure that broadcasting. out. Well, we got to pick that up. Um, Yoni will look into that. Yeah, he'll get me a site, please. Maybe Galitzal or one of those sites will be the place to go to right after the president makes his announcement if, in fact, the prime minister is going to follow up immediately. There is a lot going on, and, of course, I'm I'm waiting. I mean, besides BB's statement, I am certainly waiting to hear from the U.N. That'll be... Well, I don't know if the U.N. is going to collectively say anything to this, but uh, certainly the European countries, the allies... Uh, who are generally known to be reliable allies of the U.S. will have something to say, that's for sure. Well, I think we find with the U.N. that they comment even when they shouldn't. So I'm, <laughs> I'm sure that they'll be saying something about something. God bless them. Well, someone will introduce, I guess, some type of condemnation in the United, in the United Nations of, you know, just like we saw with the Jerusalem uh, move by the president, 
someone I'm sure will, will, will come out and openly criticize and call for a resolution against the United States for pulling out. Uh, the question is what, what happens from there? What type of support will it get? I don't think, based on what we've seen in the news recently, that certain countries like France and Germany would support something like that. But who knows? Who knows? Because we don't have anything definitive on that. We only know that um, leaders of the two countries were in the United States recently to express their opinion regarding the reauthorization or, in this case, what seems to be the uh, lack of reauthorization of the Iran deal. We should also note, by the way, that uh, 61% of Congress had voted against the deal, right. which included dozens of Democrats. President didn't care. Right. Did not care. Senator Schumer voted against it. And we know how he's aligned with the old president in many, many uh, areas and, and so often. Right. And he refused to... Uh, align himself with the president on that vote, to which we've always given him credit. <laughs> there, may <be> times, <laughs> there may be times we're, we're somewhat harsh on him, but right, we certainly, right. certainly yeah. gave him credit that time around. Okay. It seemed like he stood up to the president of the United States. That's how it seemed. It In seemed. fact, it'll be interesting to see what his response will be to this. I have a feeling it's going to be, well, once we had a deal, it's terrible to back out of it. I bet you that's going to be his take. On the whole thing. And we should put in a request to get him on the air, by the way, uh, to discuss um, what's happening in Washington, certainly, but what's happening now with the president and with Iran, uh, certainly as well. Someone else is quoting that the U.S. Is, US spokesman citing Iran's meddling in the region as a reason to pull out of the Iran deal. Um, a U.S. You, spokesman? Yes. Unnamed U.S. spokesman. I'm not sure how you could be an unnamed spokesperson, <laughs> but uh, nobody, nobody asked me. Of course, there are the Ben Rhodes of right. uh, Ben Rhodes out there beyond who says beyond the potentially catastrophic consequences with Iran, Trump's decision is devastating to U.S. credibility globally. And this, after this, why would anyone trust an international agreement that the U.S. negotiates? I mean, we would expect that tweet from Rhodes or something along those lines. Yeah. There's, you know, that's not a... Not a surprise. No, not a surprise. I'm looking for actually something surprising. But 2, yet- 2 p.m. Eastern time. It looks like he is going live. Um, we are waiting to see if, in fact, one of our feeds just had a, a live indication. That's why I'm... Slowing us down? Well, that's why I'm seeing if we can actually get a... Iran's President Hassan Rouhani will respond on state television shortly after U.S. counterpart Donald Trump's expected withdrawal from the nuclear deal, an Iranian official was reported as saying. So, Say that again? One more time? That Iran's president, right. the Iranian president, will respond on state television shortly after the U.S. counterpart, his U.S. counterpart, President Donald Trump, will announce his expected mm. withdrawal. So I guess we'll have a ratings grabber as both Bibi and President Rouhani. We'll have reactions. We'll have reactions immediately after President Trump concludes. I, I'm not really anxious to to carry Rouhani's uh, statement. I'm more into Netanyahu's statement. How about yourself? Well, I'm, I'm with you on that. You lean I also Netanyahu. would not be able to find a <laughs> state-sanctioned website from the Iranians you know, available right. here on the Lower East Side. Although I could probably deliver that speech if you want. I could do the Rouhani uh, impersonation. And tell everybody how his translator is going to. Uh, your your Arabic is that good? I'm, I I could I could tell you now what he will say. Okay. And do the whole thing in English if you wish. Um, this is it's now a minute after two p.m. Eastern time. We've been told, and everyone's been told, and everyone's anticipating that the president of the United States is very soon 
going to have a statement, one that will have an impact around the world. Rego- <laughs> I'm sorry. Just it, It's just a great line, and this is piggybacking on what you had already said, that Frank Luntz, the, um, the pundit, says – Tweeted Here, out. I'm sorry, I think we have it. It really says something about typical politicians when keeping a campaign promise is big news. All right, so we have it. Now the question is when will President stop? Uh, start? I apologize for oh, interrupting you on that. Um, yeah, so we have it, and we'll have it for you at any minute now. Yoni, you may want to tell the world through social media that the Nachum Siegel Network has the President's statement live. Everyone should tune into the NSN app. You can comment on the NSN app about any of this. And you could certainly um, listen in at NahumSiegel.com or by calling our special phone number, which I know people like to call, 605-562-4400. Use all the different methods. The French officials, as Miriam said earlier, who urged President Trump to remain in the nuclear deal are said to be disappointed with a call from the president minutes ago ahead of the announcement that they are going to pull out of the deal. Uh, now a couple of representatives who look like they're from the um, press office are uh, coordinating things in the front of the room as members of the press get ready to uh, to watch live and in person the president uh, discuss Iran. What room did they say it was happening in? In the White House? I forgot. I don't know. Um, I don't know, and I can't tell from all the images online. Well, George Washington's... I think I was in that room once. George Washington's photos in the back. Although you suspect that George Washington's photos in more than one place in the White House, right? You would think. I mean, with my extensive knowledge of the White House. <laughs> and of George Washington. Right. And, his, and his meaning to this country. And of West Wing, of course. <laughs> if the... You're looking at the, at the, the actual room White House, and you can't tell... You can't I am not me. looking at the room. Ah, sorry. I am, I am I'm gonna take scouring a, social media. I'm going to take a screenshot for you so you can let us know where... where um, where they are in the White House. Um, the President of the United States is about to address the world. He became President in January of 2017. One of his campaign promises was to eliminate this Iran deal. Always felt it was a terrible deal. In fact, if you go to any of his um, campaign rallies where he spoke about Iran... He'll never, he never let up on President Obama making this deal. And now, uh, less than a year and a half later, since he took office, uh, he is acting upon that promise. He's acting upon that declaration that he will, in fact, kill this deal. Based on all the news reports, it's no longer a surprise because there have been plenty of reports already about disappointed allies around the world about those who are reacting to the uh, inevitability of this piece of news. I, again, I think the only issue that remains to be seen is what will be the role of sanctions? Are they going to increase automatically right now? AP just released 10 minutes ago, Trump decides to exit nuclear accord with Iran. President Donald Trump plans to follow through on his campaign threat to pull out of the landmark nuclear accord with Iran, according to two people. I mean, a little bit they're repackaging what they said before. What is it? What, when is a campaign promise a campaign threat? What is a he promised the United States he'd get us out of this? Why is that a campaign threat? I I have I, I whatever I mean there's nothing this man can do right 
That's for sure. A slow, the, the piece continues, a slower withdrawal process could allow more room for Trump to reverse course later and decide to stay. Yeah, that's the only issue. If he secures the additional restrictions on Iran that European nations tried unsuccessfully right. to negotiate to prevent him from withdrawing. Right. That's the sanctions issue. Will he um, go that route and right. say we're increasing the punishment, so to speak, on the Iranians? And it seems he had as con- we reevaluate the whole thing. And it seems he had a conference call with British Prime Minister Theresa May and German Chancellor Angela Merkel about a half an hour ago. He spoke with French President Emmanuel Macron right. and Chinese leader also uh, early on his decision today. So a lot going on. Uh, now the camera that we're looking at is focused directly on the podium. On the podium with George Washington's portrait. of in the back, and I guess that means that they're anticipating that the president will be in the center of this picture very, very soon. Um, the noise you're hearing is not our background noise in the studio. The noise you're hearing is, in fact, the talking that's going on in the room in the White House where they are right now and where this speech is uh, is going to be delivered. I can't remember... The last time this country was so divided on absolutely every single... There's no gray. It's either black or white, no matter what you're doing here. There's no validity to anywhere in the middle. It's at least... Oh, that you don't remember meaning in your lifetime. Correct. That might be true, but I, I'm not sure. I'm I mean, not sure. That's fine. You were, you know... A lot of times we think that... Uh, what happens in politics in this country is unprecedented. Then we find out how much worse things were at different times. I agree. I'm just saying Chris Hayes. Um, Chris Hayes just tweeted out, you know, the host of All In With Chris on MSNBC. He just tweeted out, an unnerving amount of conservative commentary I've seen on the Iran deal is laser focused on how ripping up the deal really sticks it to John Kerry and assorted Obama staffers. Like, that's that's my point. His tweet is yeah. my point. It, well, but that's the that is the media, I believe, inciting... Instead of analyzing and reporting, inciting with their own opinions, um, you know, th- th- this, is a, this is a vendetta against John right. Kerry. Who, who in the media, uh, in the era that you're referring to, who in the media would ever say something like that? It's a vendetta against John Kerry it's, it's, by the president of the United States. And by the Come way, on. if you would take a second, I mean, this is, this is what I'm handling, but if you take a second to look at the gifs and the emojis that are associated with all of these tweets... You know, uh, images from Fight Club, the movie Fight Club. Right, but images, all, all but anonymous, right? Not, but not my point. Right. Meaning, like everything is so, it is such a hotbed. There is no, a, there is no calm discourse taking place in this country at the moment. Because of the anonymity, right? People can not say, not just because of that, but because there is no, there is no middle. There is no agreement or i hear your point but agree to disagree yeah there is none of that there is just roll up your sleeves put up your dukes i mean that's where that's where we are now all of these every single comment is just one or the other incendiary correct you're listening to the Nahum single network it's nine minutes after the hour President Trump is expected any moment to speak to the nation and to the world regarding Iran. Christian Amanpour mm. tweets, well, 
the fact that I'm quoting her on Twitter. Uh, We're an equal opportunity quoter. We are, aren't we? (laughs) Um, Tweeted out about an hour ago in response to a, um, a clip from 2002 of Prime Minister Netanyahu. She writes... Will the U.S. be back on the warpath after exiting the Iran deal? Ooh, interesting. I'm surprised she says back on. I thought she might think that we're, we're always on the warpath, perpetually on the warpath. That's interesting. Listening to the Nahum Siegel Network, 10 minutes after the hour, President Trump is expected any moment. Now we know what it's like uh, when you're sitting in that room in the White House on a daily basis waiting for these briefings and speeches. It's one long wait. <laughs> it's just, you, you look at different news sources and what right. they're tweeting at at the moment. Everybody should be rest assured that 41 minutes ago, the BBC did tweet out a non-Brits guide to Meghan and Harry's wedding. Oh. Yes. Thank you, when BBC. When is that wedding? I don't know. Oh, it's over Shavuos, I think. Oh, yeah? Yes. Thank you, BBC, for keeping us informed. Bet you Yoni Pollock knows exactly when it is. When's the wedding, Yoni? Doesn't know. I don't know. I always think the young people know this stuff. It is a high-profile celebrity affair, you know. Yoni's mother is a uh, is a royal watcher. Really? Yes. I'm not saying this to be funny. I'm really not. But I wonder if they have uh, interrupted regularly scheduled programming. I, w- I know that one a great Jeopardy question is when something when like One Life to Live or General Hospital was interrupted for some news-breaking moment, and evidently. Soap operas are never interrupted. I, I I would not know as a non-soap opera watcher, but it is like this classic trivia question of this event in U.S. history. Oh, Yoni knows it. God bless you. Um, for, uh, you know, forced the um, the networks the to, networks to, to interrupt break a, in. a soap so opera. So I wonder if they're preempting their regularly scheduled programming. Who? I don't know. I don't even. I don't know. ABC. Oh, the networks. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. I'm sure the major networks are carrying this. I don't know. I don't know that ABC is... A, what? I don't even know what's on at 2 o'clock on ABC. Is it One Life to Live? Yes, Yoni, you wanted to no, contribute? I just, the, the fam- I think the most famous time... A, a, I don't know the most famous, but the most, one of the most famous times that networks broke, f- um, broke from their regular scheduled programming is during the, the OJ chase, right? Correct. It was the 94 finals or 95 finals? 94. And they had to make the choice to break the game to go to the OJ chase. You know where they broke for um, into soap operas during the um, Munich Olympics? The kidnap and eventual murder of the Israeli athletes. Oh, that may have been only the Olympic Network that did that. I'm sorry. That may they may have interrupted Olympic coverage, which of course you know did not continue that day. By the way, John Bodharitz just tweeted out that NBC's global editor just called the Iran deal an international treaty, which it is not. Wow. Yes. That is a, I don't know if that's a faux pas or. Or if some would argue that it is. Well, I think that it technically is not. And that technicality makes a big deal, makes a big difference. A lot going on here. We are awaiting the arrival of the President of the United States in this beautiful room in the White House where he's going to be addressing the nation and the world about the Iran deal. Somebody just tweeted out. Um, somebody just tweeted out. On another day, I'd be tweeting all about Trump withdrawing, withdrawing from the Iran deal. On this day, I'll just sum it up. I don't mind generally because it was a pathetic joke of a deal, but he d- 
damn well better have in place plan B, and it's fair not to worry that he doesn't. Wow. Meaning it's fair to worry that he doesn't. Correct. Sorry. Here he is, President of the United States, Donald J. Trump. My fellow Americans, today I want to update the world on our efforts to prevent Iran from acquiring a nuclear weapon. The Iranian regime is the leading state sponsor of terror. It exports dangerous missiles, fuels conflicts across the Middle East, and supports terrorist proxies and militias such as Hezbollah, Hamas, the Taliban, and Al-Qaeda. Over the years, Iran and its proxies have bombed American embassies and military installations, murdered hundreds of American service members, and kidnapped, imprisoned, and tortured American citizens. The Iranian regime has funded its long reign of chaos and terror by plundering the wealth of its own people. No action taken by the regime has been more dangerous than its pursuit of nuclear weapons and the means of delivering them. In 2015, the previous administration joined with other nations in a deal regarding Iran's nuclear program. This agreement was known as the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, or JCPOA. In theory, the so-called Iran deal was supposed to protect the United States and our allies from the lunacy of an Iranian nuclear bomb, a weapon that will only endanger the survival of the Iranian regime. In fact, the deal allowed Iran to continue enriching uranium and, over time, reach the brink of a nuclear breakout. The deal lifted crippling economic sanctions on Iran in exchange for very weak limits on the regime's nuclear activity and no limits at all on its other malign behavior, including its sinister activities in Syria, Yemen, and other places all around the world. In other words, at the point when the United States had maximum leverage this disastrous deal gave this regime, and it's a regime of great terror, many billions of dollars, some of it in actual cash, a great embarrassment to me as a citizen and to all citizens of the United States. A constructive deal could easily have been struck at the time, but it wasn't. At the heart of the Iran deal, was a giant fiction that a murderous regime desired only a peaceful nuclear energy program. Today, we have definitive proof that this Iranian promise was a lie. Last week, Israel published intelligence documents long concealed by Iran, conclusively showing the Iranian regime and its history of pursuing nuclear weapons. The fact is, this was a horrible, one-sided deal that should have never, ever been made. It didn't bring calm. It didn't bring peace.
and it never will. In the years since the deal was reached, Iran's military budget has grown by almost 40 percent, while its economy is doing very badly. After the sanctions were lifted, the dictatorship used its new funds to build nuclear-capable missiles, support terrorism, and cause havoc throughout the Middle East and beyond. The agreement was so poorly negotiated that even if Iran fully complies, the regime can still be on the verge of a nuclear breakout in just a short period of time. The deal's sunset provisions are totally unacceptable. If I allowed this deal to stand, there would soon be a nuclear arms race in the Middle East. Everyone would want their weapons ready by the time Iran had theirs. Making matters worse, the deal's inspection provisions lack adequate mechanisms to prevent, detect, and punish cheating, and don't even have the unqualified right to inspect many important locations, including military facilities. Not only does the deal fail to halt Iran's nuclear ambitions, but it also fails to address the regime's development of ballistic missiles that could deliver nuclear warheads. Finally, the deal does nothing to constrain Iran's destabilizing activities, including its support for terrorism. Since the agreement, Iran's bloody ambitions have grown only more brazen. In light of these glaring flaws, I announced last October that the Iran deal must either be renegotiated or terminated. Three months later, on January 12th, I repeated these conditions. I made clear that if the deal could not be fixed, the United States would no longer be a party to the agreement. Over the past few months, we have engaged extensively with our allies and partners around the world, including France, Germany, and the United Kingdom. We have also consulted with our friends from across the Middle East. We are unified in our understanding of the threat and in our conviction that Iran must never acquire a nuclear weapon. After these consultations, it is clear to me that we cannot prevent an Iranian nuclear bomb under the decaying and rotten structure of the current agreement. The Iran deal is defective at its core. If we do nothing, we know exactly what will happen. In just a short period of time, the world's leading state sponsor of terror will be on the cusp of acquiring the world's most dangerous weapons. Therefore, I am announcing today that the United States will withdraw from the Iran nuclear deal. In a few moments, I will sign a presidential memorandum to begin reinstating U.S. nuclear sanctions on the Iranian regime. We will be instituting the highest level of economic sanction. Any nation that helps Iran in its quest for nuclear weapons could also be strongly sanctioned 
by the United States. America will not be held hostage to nuclear blackmail. We will not allow American cities to be threatened with destruction. And we will not allow a regime that chants death to America to gain access to the most deadly weapons on Earth. Today's action sends a critical message. The United States no longer makes empty threats. When I make promises, I keep them. In fact, at this very moment, Secretary Pompeo is on his way to North Korea in preparation for my upcoming meeting with Kim Jong-un. Plans are being made, relationships are building, hopefully a deal will happen. And with the help of China, South Korea, and Japan, a future of great prosperity and security can be achieved for everyone. As we exit the Iran deal, we will be working with our allies to find a real, comprehensive, and lasting solution to the Iranian nuclear threat. This will include efforts to eliminate the threat of Iran's ballistic missile program, to stop its terrorist activities worldwide, and to block its menacing activity across the Middle East. In the meantime, powerful sanctions will go into full effect. If the regime continues its nuclear aspirations, it will have bigger problems than it has ever had before. Finally, I want to deliver a message to the long-suffering people of Iran. The people of America stand with you. It has now been almost 40 years since this dictatorship seized power and took a proud nation hostage. Most of Iran's 80 million citizens have sadly never known an Iran that prospered in peace with its neighbors and commanded the admiration of the world. But the future of Iran belongs to its people. They are the rightful heirs to a rich culture and an ancient land. And they deserve a nation that does justice to their dreams, honor to their history, and glory to God. Iran's leaders will naturally say that they refuse to negotiate a new deal. They refuse, and that's fine. I'd probably say the same thing if I was in their position. But the fact is, they are going to want to make a new and lasting deal, one that benefits all of Iran and the Iranian people. When they do, I am ready, willing, and able. Great things can happen for Iran, and great things can happen for the peace and stability that we all want in the Middle East. There has been enough suffering, death, and destruction. Let it end now. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. There he is, President of the United States, approaching the small desk to his left, sitting down, picking up a pen, opening the book, and uh, getting set to sign this uh, memo of understanding. And that will take the United States out of the Iran deal, as he promised during his campaign, and that he no doubt was examining closely for the last 15 months since he took office. And that's it. It's signed. 
What time not, are the protests tomorrow? And he's holding it up with, with great pride. People are asking questions. I can't hear the question. He's not answering. And um, it was about a 12-minute speech. Vice President Pence, National Security Advisor Bolton are both standing at the door. They were the We'll be there very shortly in a matter of... Speaking of Pompeo's schedule probably regarding hour. North Korea. He's got meetings set up. We have our meeting scheduled. We have our meetings set. The location is picked. The time and date, everything is picked. And we look forward to have a very great success. We think uh, relationships are building with North Korea. We'll see how it all works out. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. But it can be a great thing for North Korea, South Korea, Japan, and the entire world. We hope it all works out. Thank you very much. Are the Americans being free? Are the Americans being free? I can ask you this question since uh, you haven't seen the footage. We'll all soon be finding out. We will soon be finding out. It would be a great thing if they are. We'll soon be finding out. Thank you very much. You ready for this question? I am ready. Color of uh, President Trump's tie. It's not red? No. It's blue and white, <laughs> interestingly enough. Yikes. <laughs> interestingly Yikes. enough. Yikes. Uh, Not such a subtle message. Yoni, yeah. have we found any of the uh, coverage from Prime Minister Netanyahu? Oh. Here it is.
ומי שינשא אותנו ירגיש היטב את נחת זרוענו. כן, אלה הדברים של ראש הממשלה בנימין נתניהו, הוא עבר עכשיו לדבר בשפה האנגלית. נתניהו אומר בפירוש, אנחנו נחושים למנוע מצבא איראן להתבסס בסופו Uh, who is from uh, Channel 10 in Israel, said, um, Netan- translated Netanyahu into saying, Trump took a good and brave decision by withdrawing from the Iranian deal, from the Iran deal. A lot going on here. He also set the... Uh, I can barely keep up with social media today. He also set the... Um, everyone's thoughts in motion regarding... considering attacking Israel on any front. Right. Um, trying to see here. Jerusalem Post. Trump announces U.S. withdrawing from Iran deal. And Iran, and Israel is on high alert in the north. They have opened up shelters in the north. CNN, Trump withdraws U.S. from Iran nuclear deal. In his remarks, he says, quote, America will not be held hostage to nuclear blackmail. But I'm suspicious of that this was all to get back at John Kerry. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, just as a side point, by the way, it should not be overlooked that in his remarks, President Trump Um, not only cited Iran's um, terrorist activity, but their support of other terrorist activity, including Hamas. Right. And that should not be glossed over. That should not be ignored. Yes, it, it does not, it could not surprise anyone in this room that he specifically cited um, Bibi's um, press conference last week and the revelation, et cetera, et cetera. He could not have been surprised about that. No, I mean, we are not surprised about that. However, the fact that he made specific note to include Hezbollah and Hamas in his, um, in his listing of terrorist organizations that are supported by the Iranians is um, incredibly notable. Yeah, I wonder if he had to mention Israel. It's interesting you say that. I wonder if there was prepared text that did not include Israel at all because... Uh, Sometimes some of us would, would prefer if Israel not be cited as the quote-unquote, you know, one of the reasons why they did it. Well, I didn't choose his blue and white tie. Yeah. <laughs> That's a strange choice. <laughs> It's pretty funny, actually. I don't know. There are other funny things. I don't know that that's funny. It is a strange choice. Uh, I'm just trying to see here if there's any possibility that it's not really blue. Yeah, I think it's blue. <laughs> You'll let me know when you see the pictures of him standing at the podium, um, which there are probably plenty of already out there. Ladies and gentlemen, I thank you for spending the last uh, 30-plus minutes with us. Uh, coverage of the statement by the President of the United States regarding the future, or lack of future, of the Iran deal. The President had till the 12th of May to uh, reaffirm it. Today, on the uh, 7th of May, he decided to announce... that the United States is pulling out and will not be involved in the Iran deal anymore. And then he went and proceeded immediately to 
signed the memo uh, that did just that. I am yet. I have yet to find a screen. Oh, there it is. Um, not blue, or it is blue. It's blue, but it's not a royal blue. Right, it's not the blue you'd want if you're an Israeli. But no, it's the blue you would want. It's Dafka the blue you would want if you're an Israeli. Let's not make it the flag. This is not Scott Rogowski making a you know an Israeli flag suit that he just puts into a tie. I yeah, this is a subtle comment, not so subtle. Are we reading into it? It's very possible. I don't know. Interesting. I would have gone with red. <laughs> he usually does. Yes. Why why break the mold now? I don't know. Whatever. I thank you, Miriam L. Wallach. Thank you. We should continue to uh, share good news. This was a piece of good news. We should continue to share good news with our community and our listeners. And we should continue to look out for our brethren in Israel. Amen. Amen. All stay safe, please. Yes. Coverage of President Trump's speech, I thank you. We all thank you on this Tuesday afternoon at the Nahum Siegel Network. We now go back to our amazing Tuesday afternoon music mix. Thanks for tuning in to NSN.